Hobby Addict の時間です It's time for Hobby Addict And now here are your anime addicts Everybody and welcome to another episode of Hobby Addicts. This is Hobby Addicts episode 121. We have a lot of hobbies. We just seem to never run out. And、um, <laughs> how, who could really have 121 hobbies? I feel like maybe、Ooh. we've repeated some of them. You think so? Yeah. Well, is that true? I think so. Yeah. Well, anyway, I am your host, Mitsugi, and thank you so much for tuning in. All of you that are listening at home, we appreciate all of the support you give us. And so we are here to reward you with some lovely true crime drama with the, with the biggest fan of true crime. It is indeed Mandy. How are you? Hello. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, it's so good. It's so good to hear your voice, Mandy. Hello <laughs> on a wonderful Sunday. Yeah. I'm doing okay.、Um, I've been a little sick this weekend, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting better. <laughs> and of course, we have the,、uh, the infallible, the humorous, the hat wearing,、mm. Kazuo. I also know quite a bit about true crime. Oh, is this going to. I don't know. I think are, over the course of the next 40 minutes, we、yes. are going to be treated to many stories of, <laughs> of my drugs、activity. and gun violence and all kinds of things. So, No, I was talking about true crime, Streets of LA, on the PlayStation 2. Oh, shut up. Followed by its not as successful <laughs> sequel, Streets of New York. Oh, I've never even heard of that one. No? Yeah, it wasn't that great. <laughs>、mm, indeed. So, um,. So, this is a topic straight out of Mandy's heart. I think it was generated after the conversation we had with our, with our, with our cop otaku friend, otaku cop from our Discord,、mm-hmm. who came on our hentai episode and went on and on and on about crazy, violent cop stories and also, well, the naughty, which, we'll, which we're just going to save. We're just going to let that stay in the hentai episode. So, Mandy, what is, what is true crime and how does true crime differ from? Untrue crime. False crime. False crime. False crime. <laughs> False crime.、Um, so, true crime is like nonfiction. So, it's real crimes that actually happened.、Um, most of them are, are, are murders, you know, that sort of thing. But they, they're definitely true stories. <laughs> okay. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So,、um, so, so yeah. these are like real life dramas, basically. That, that, that I'm, I'm guessing they get a range in some sort of a. Television programming block where you sort of follow the, you, the, where the crime is treated as a story and you kind of follow along with it? Yeah.、Um, I, there are a lot of crime shows that I usually watch with my mom. My mom actually also loves true crime. And we、uh, watch 60 Minutes Together, which is a show、um, about a crime that they try to solve within 60 minutes after.、Um, Wait a minute.、Uh, That's not first. 60, 60, 60 minutes, minutes. Was, was like a news show too. With Barbara 60, Walters. I'm、oh, sorry. 60 hours. <laughs> with Barbara Walters. <laughs> sorry. It was. Nine、right? minutes. He, he pulls it out of nowhere. <laughs> But with Barbara Walters. That sweet old lady. That show's been on TV for like 100 hours. 48、years. hours. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm all mixed up right now. 48 hours.、Uh, so I was thinking of something completely different. I'm so sorry. 48 hours. Man, is, <laughs> is, is, is that the more difficult version of 24? Yes. Yes. It's the real 24. <laughs> the real 24. Got it. The real one. The 24 is、it's、the false they, crime. I'm sorry. It's where they tried to solve a crime within 48 hours after having it、uh, surface. And it's really sad how many of them go unsolved. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, we we watch that together. I've read books. Um, there's a podcast that I follow that's all about true crime, and uh, yeah, it's it's very fascinating. Um, I think the one thing that I want to like stress before we dive into it is that it's not about like uh, glorifying killers or anything like that. I feel like that's I'm always scared, like, when I bring up true crime, that someone's gonna, like, have that, like, uh, thought is that it's, like, glorifying killers. It's not. It's just, I think it's very fascinating to dive into the psychology of psychopaths and what, and I feel like it's very, um, interesting and also could potentially save your life to, like, be able to recognize signs and also just seeing how FBI agents, like, put clues together and are able to come up with accurate like crime profiles on killers and figuring out who did it and how they catch them i just find it very fascinating mm. <laughs> i feel like i saw i feel like i listened to a podcast not that not that long ago where they were dissecting the psychology of some of the world's most de- like deadly serial killers mm. and they were talking about um, like the different types of things they do to them to their victims and whatnot i can't remember what podcast i'll think about that while I, kn- I know of one podcast that i listened to a few episodes of it was um I was like two girls that are like for some reason mm-hmm. really into serial killers. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what about. I'm talking about? What's that one called? Yeah. Uh, My favorite murder. Yes. That's the one I wow. I listen to pretty much every episode. <laughs> yeah, it's um you know I listen to a couple episodes. It's not really my thing. I just don't like negative stuff and mm. things that make you feel bad and uh, that make me feel bad. So Aww. that's understandable. But, but I, I understand why people would be interested in it. Like it's a fascinating topic. Yeah. Like, I, I completely understand that. Like, I can't blame anyone who's like, oh, this isn't my thing. This is uh, this is kind of weird. I totally understand that. But I just, I don't know. I find it very fascinating. And I think uh, because of, like, our own, like, family, personal things that have happened in our family, that probably also spurred on my interest in it. But um, <clears throat> I just find it so... I don't know. Like I, they also have a lot of stories on my favorite murder, where somebody has written in and said that something that they brought up in one of their stories actually helped save their life because they were able to recognize somebody's behavior or a bad situation and were able to get out of there before something bad happened. I think that those are the stories that I love to hear and why I I do feel like it's not bad to dive into tri- true crime. I think it's very fascinating to. Um, just and potentially life saving to dive into it. I don't know. <laughs> so, so all right. So then I have a question. I mean, this isn't true crime, but did you do you do you love the movie Silence of the Lambs? Um, I was actually gonna bring that up later. Yes, I did love that movie because um, a book that I read recently called Whoever Fights Monsters by Robert K. K- uh, Ressler. He um is an ex-FBI agent, a retired FBI FBI agent who wrote this book all about his uh, experiences as an FBI agent and tracking down. He tracked down very famous killers. He was like, it's insane how good he is at his job, how good he was at his job, because he's like the modern day, like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and uh, but he actually advised Thomas Harris on Silence of the Lambs after having so many interviews with serial oh, killers, man. like famous ones that he caught. Like he had um, interviews with Charles Manson and a bunch of other people. And like details of those interviews are in this book. And it's really fascinating, like how 
even him who knows and like who is so good at profiling murderers and catching them so quickly that even he is like not immune to a psychopath. Like he had an interview with Charles Manson and in the interview, Charles Manson ended up talking him into giving him his sunglasses and he walked away feeling like, wow, I feel like I was just used <laughs> and it, it's insane story. And uh, if you can get it, the book is very gory. I will, the, he does not shy away from details on crimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very, very in depth and detailed. But if you can get past that, it's very fascinating. <laughs> well, I have to imagine that as a person who's a fan of true crime, you probably don't want to have those gritty, gory details omitted from the from the, you know, from the from the script or whatever of the story. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why people are interested in this is because they want yeah. to hear that stuff. And I'm yeah. not really surprised to hear Charles Manson being able to do a thing like that to a guy because. You know, as, as as difficult as it is to sort of praise people throughout history that are bad people, and I would put like someone like Adolf Hitler in those in that same category. Mm -hmm. These are probably people that are geniuses beyond the vast majority of people, and with a high level of charisma as well to be able to create a cult. I actually, <clears throat> this is a really wild story, and. But recently, when Charles Manson died in jail, um, when that when they put that on the news, my oh, my gosh, I was talking about it with my mom and my dad comes in. He's like, I gave that guy a ride once. What? <laughs> yes, because Charles Manson is from Cincinnati, Ohio. When he when my dad was young, he was a teenager at the time, I think he said uh, him and a bunch of friends were out and some guy was hitchhiking and Back then, I mean, my dad's always been really bad with hitchhikers. He just trusts everybody because oh he's insane. Oh, God, that's terrible. Like, he's the kind of guy who doesn't, like, lock his car. He is crazy. Like, he just trusts everybody. Wow. But they gave this hitchhiker a ride to in somewhere in Indiana. And, of course, they didn't know who it was. But then later, after he was caught in California and his photos surfaced, he's like, that's the guy. That's the guy we gave a ride to. Wow. I, I just looked at my mom I'm like, seriously? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> that kind of stuff does like fascinate, the, fascinate me though. Like as far as how, you know, how charismatic he is and like his ability to get people to mm -hmm. just, yep. just go along with whatever he says. And it's like, how do you be, how do you become like that? Like, is that just something you're born with? And uh, it's, that always kind of trips me out. Yeah. Uh, it, I, that's another part of true crime that I think is fascinating is learning like what things in a person's life drove them to that point. And it, this guy in this book, um, or whoever fights monsters, he dives a lot into that, like the different types of killers, like how you can tell that something in a crime is related to something that happened to them in their childhood. It's, it's crazy. Like. But it's fascinating if you can get into that kind of stuff. And if not, if not, I don't blame you at all. <laughs> so, so have you uh, have you also like watched those um, like the shows with uh, about like O.J. Simpson or about those two brothers that killed their parents? Like, is that also stuff that you get into? Um, if I get the chance, see, I don't watch a lot of television. I usually watch them when I go over to my parents' house. Most of what I do is read stuff online, read books, and. Uh, just listen to podcasts. But when I go over to my 
my mom's house. She's really into those. She's like, hey, you want to go watch something? I'm like, sure. It's usually a true crime show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that one? Like Making a Murderer was one of those. Oh, I don't know. There's a f- There's been a few of them lately um, that are about just these kind of crimes like O.J. Simpson and about those two brothers. What are their names again? The Melendez brothers? Don't like oh, that. Man. Menendez. Yeah. <gasps> and then there was one, another one about some... Uh, which uh, about some kid that like murdered some people or something. I don't know, but those are pretty popular nowadays, it seems. Yeah, there was another book that came out recently that I wanted to uh, just briefly mention. It was called I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle um, oh, Obama. Let's see if I can pronounce her <laughs> last name. Oh, McNamara, I think. <laughs> McNamara? But okay. I think it's Mick because I think, I don't know, but I think it's Mick, McNamara, but um, she... Uh, enter the world of true crime and decided to um, start hunting for the Golden State Killer after the murder of her friend went unsolved, like her best friend. And um, she went on to hunt this guy and made it like her, like, life. And she wrote this book on... um, And, of course, the Golden State Killer was a serial rapist and murderer in Northern California who was only recently caught this year. And he went unsolved like it went unsolved for so long and so many people and the book is all about information she gathered how she found it like how she found that information like her train of thought and who she thinks the killer is and where he is and she coined the name for the killer herself the golden state killer but she unfortunately died two years ago and her book was only released this year and the killer was only captured just this year. It's yeah, so sad she didn't. She wasn't there for that. Isn't that the guy that got busted because they like found like a DNA evidence off of like a cigarette mm-hmm. or something like that? Uh, they found a Holy DNA. Um, oh man, I I wish I knew all the small details about it, but they found DNA that was connected to an unidentified uh, death that. Through my, um, what's that? My ancestry, like oh, where ancestry. you send in, com, yeah, yeah, that through that thing, and uh, it was crazy. All the uh, FBI agents were like, "You guys should, everybody should do that. Do my ancestry because it actually helps us out a lot." <laughs> but they don't like release any like uh, details about somebody's. Um, well, I mean, they release enough to obviously. where they can find a <laughs> person who murdered yeah. people decades ago. <laughs> But somehow they tracked it down through that and caught him. He was a he was a cop, so he knew exactly how to get around the system. It's insane how like how long he went on like like just free. That is so trippy. <laughs> yeah, that's. But, um, the book is also being adapted into an HBO documentary se- series right now. How do you feel about? People though, like so. So um, I'm thinking about like you know. You said they're making an HBO documentary. There's books. There's movies about this stuff. There's like a bunch of shows like on Netflix that are about these these true crimes and everything. But like, Mm -hmm. is it kind of weird that people are like like production companies are making shitloads of money off of the misfortune of people that have been murdered? Like, doesn't that Mm. seem a little sketchy? Um, it does in a way, but I think it's how it's presented. If it's, I mean, this is just me personally, everyone's going to have their own opinion and they're not wrong if they feel like this is really awful. But um, I feel like just having that information out there instead of just ignoring that it happened or existed is really important personally, because I feel like you, it can be used to try and get people interested into the field and like try to find information themselves. A lot of people actually 
a lot of um, crimes are actually solved by just people who are interested in true crime. They f- figure something out and tell, give him a tip. And sometimes it turns out to be good. Like there's a lot of like pedestrian, just people who are not even FBI agents who end up finding information. Yeah. And I feel like, um, of course, it's not good to glorify these killers. They're awful people. They've done awful things. And it is sad when, um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's, it ha- it's definitely in where it's, how it's presented as like, this is diving into the psychology and being able to recognize like this behavior. Yeah. I feel like that's I, I guess I'm just thinking of it as like, if someone I ke- cared about was murdered and you know, then I see they have a TV show about the whole thing. Like it, it would probably upset me. And, and so I wonder if they're consulting the, you know, the families of these victims or if they're just like, hey, it's a story we can make a shitload of money off of. So let's do it. I don't know. I guess it's just. Yeah. A little- um, I, I think you, I don't know. I think they have to have some kind of unless all of the members are currently deceased or they can't get um, permission. I don't know. Maybe they do have to always ask for permission for. Uh, to do that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I know personally, um, and this was when I was very, very young. So it's, you know, as a child, you bounce back from this kind of stuff very quickly or you don't fully understand when you're a child. But um, my aunt was murdered by her boyfriend at the time. And it was a very gruesome one. It wasn't just like she was shot, but it was very, very awful details. But um, I remember as a child news people coming in interviewing my family and just all of this like chaos surrounded by us and it persisted through years but um i think that's what kind of kicked off my interest and my mom's interest in this subject because we were like it's important to make sure people are not not going free (laughs) like it's i don't know it's going to be different for everybody of course but for us, I think it was it didn't bother us at all to um, have that information out there if it could potentially help somebody else. Yeah, that's that's a good way of looking at it. Um, also, I don't and this is you know uh, along the the same lines of the, what we're talking about. But I don't know if you've seen the there was an interview that was released um, a little while ago, maybe a few months ago, of like O.J. Simpson, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this. It was it was uh, like an interview that was done years and years ago like after the just after the trial and they like just released it and who man like watching watching him in that interview and and just the way he was talking about the whole situation is like holy crap this man yeah. did it holy cow like he, it's so creepy hearing him talk about it and and laugh about it and it's just yeah. like how did these people get away with this it's so insane yeah, it's it's crazy how often that kind of stuff happens where somebody um, just gets a lot gets away with it for so long. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did because we were doing this topic, and I I was afraid that I was going to be the only one interested in true crime because oh, Edzo no. couldn't make it. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think this inter- I, I think that this subject interests a lot more people than you might expect. I mean, there have been TV. There are so many crime TV shows that people, even though they're not true crime necessarily, like Twenty Four or CSI Miami mm-hmm. or all this, they're not true crime. But 
people are watching them for the entertainment of of being involved in the crimes and like the investigations of the crimes, whether right. they're true or not. I think this is a subject that fascinates a lot of people. I just don't know yeah. if true crime is is perhaps not in as abundance as fictional crime, right? Yeah, um, I. I definitely one of the reasons that I just love this subject is finding out how it's more about the FBI agents or the the people who catch the killers. I like how they break stuff down and figure out how to catch these people. It's very fascinating subject, but um, because I wasn't sure how we were going to go about this, I actually took down uh, a very very old case in Japan that I thought was interesting. <laughs> oh, good. Ooh, okay. Oh, good. Please tell the story. Let's hear it. Do I want to hear this. Do you want me to go ahead and tell it? Yeah, okay. tell the story. <clears throat> See how well I can do this. It so was this it was is... it was it was Mr. Mustard in the library with the candlestick. Dude, it I, was a dark and stormy night. I loved Clue as a kid so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I loved Clue, and it's actually in Britain. It's known as Cluedo. Which I thought was very Cluedo. interesting. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. What a weird name. <clears throat> but um, so this is a very, very famous story, at least in Japan. I don't maybe people have heard of it or seen movies because there are movies and plays and all kinds of stuff on this one. So maybe people have heard of it before. Um, I personally hadn't. So I stumbled across this <laughs> when I was doing research. But uh, this is about Sada Abe. And it started back in um, the 1920s. So this is a very old one. Um, I didn't want to do anything that was current. There is a lot of, I found tons of information on her and details about her life, but I left a lot of that out because I didn't want to go too much into detail. But uh, I just wrote down a basic, like, um, just story of it. But uh, Sade Abe was a woman who was sold to a geisha house by her father in 1922 when she was only 17. She worked there for five years before moving on to work as a sex worker in Osaka's famous Tobita brothel district. She eventually managed to escape that life and started to work as a waitress. It was unsatisfied with the wages. This led her to go back into prostitution. was arrested during a police raid in 1934. Kinosuke uh, Kasahara was a friend of the brothel owner, arranged for her release, and they were romantically involved for a year until she left for Nagoya in 1935 to work as a maid. And she only stayed there for a year until she moved back to Tokyo in 1936 to work at a restaurant again. This time, she began working as an apprentice at Yoshidaya Restaurant. It was introduced to Kichizo Ishida. <clears throat> Not long after working there, Ishida started to make advances on Abe, and the two eventually started a sexual relationship. They ended up in a two-week-long affair and made arrangements at the Machia um, Tea House in Shibuya, which was the equivalent of a love hotel at that time. Um, they would plan, they only plan for like a very short fling, but they end up staying in bed for four days at a time <laughs> and would not even stop when maidens would enter the room to serve sake for them. Wait, so they just had wow. massive amounts of sex? <clears throat> yeah, like hey. they, wow. they were sex crazy. Um, their tryst ended after two weeks when Ishida returned to his wife. And she was driven by insane by jealousy. Uh, Abe started to drink very heavily. On May 9th of 1936, Abe attended a play where a geisha attacked a lover with a knife. And after watching this play, the scene affected her so deeply that she began to have very dark thoughts. Uh, the next day, she pawned off some of her clothes to purchase a kitchen knife. 
Ishida returned to her on the 11th, and she began to use the knife in sex play with him by threatening him. Abe said, wow. I pulled the knife, I pulled the kitchen knife out of my bag and threatened him as had been done in the play I'd seen, saying, Kichi, you wore that kimono just to please one of your favorite customers. You bastard, I'll kill you for that. Ishida originally had drawn back in shock, but then seemed overall pleased with the idea, and they started these very kinky sex acts together, and it eventually progressed into autoerotic um, auto asphyxiation where she would strangle him with a sash from her kimono. Gee, and how, how do people know all these in, intricate details? Because she wrote the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> herself gotcha. about her life. And I'm going to get to that at, towards the end. But okay. um, Ishida fell asleep afterwards and Abe's mind started to wander. She wanted to have kids and a life with him, but realized he would never leave his wife. So mm, she, couldn't the wife. Bear the, <laughs> she couldn't bear the thought of being separated from him. So after thinking it all through, she strangled him to death while he slept. Wait, what? <laughs> Why him? You, you gotta kill second. the wife. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Realizing, and no, I'm not laughing at the story at all. I'm just laughing at, you know. The absurdity. How uncomfortable is it is. But um, realizing that she needed to flee, but not wanting to part with him, she severed his genitalia with a kitchen knife what and placed the them fuck? inside of her kimono. This just gets better and better. What the yeah. fuck? Okay. Uh, she then carved Sada and Ishida are now alone into his leg and on, on onto the bed with his blood. And his body was discovered the next day and it kicked off a massive manhunt for Sada Abe. Um, wow. She was then named at the Japanese folklore known as a poison woman. And she was arrested two days later and begged for the death penalty. She wanted the death penalty so bad. She hated like what she had done and... Um, yeah, but however, she was only sentenced to six years. What? The, what? It was released Whoa. exactly five years later. Wait, what? Wow. Why? I don't know. Um, I'm guessing That's... at the time, because this is the 30s, uh, I'm guessing at the time they realized she was insane. And some, I, I have no idea. But it, they, it, if she's insane, <laughs> you don't release her. I, I, I have no idea. She won a death penalty. They did not give it to her. They released her. Wow. <laughs> Maybe that's the trick. Maybe if you ever like get busted for a serious crime, be like, give me the death penalty. And they were like, no, 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 go home. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so after that, she wrote a very detailed confession and a book about her life that became a national bestseller. <laughs> and um, it led to many films and plays being made about her, including a woman called Sade Abe. Um, I didn't put down any uh, details, but if you're interested in the story, there's loads of inf information out there. I did not even know about this till I started diving into it. And there's a rabbit hole of stuff. Like, apparently she started working at a pub after that. And then she would come down and <clears throat> some of the pub people would, um, like, um, uh, patrons would say, oh, no, hide your knives. And she'd smack the banister and, like, descend upon them. It was crazy stuff. So, you know, what you don't know. Is that she was <laughs> pregnant with a child who later became known as Shinzo Abe. Oh my good lord. Oh <laughs> no. The prime minister of Japan. Oh my god. She um, eventually completely disappeared from the public eye and a reporter eventually tracked her down in 1970. Like, so I think at this time she was in her 70s because I think she was born, um, I think it was 1905. Okay. But she... <laughs> That's good. Mitsuki, Mitsuki is trying to. You could just turn the volume down, Mitz. <laughs> but um, Mitz, she, Mitz is trying to figure out a soundboard, and when it starts making noises, he just pushes more buttons, which makes it make more noise. It's like just turn the volume down. 
But um, so yeah, she was eventually tracked down in 1970. She had secluded herself away inside of a nunnery and shaved all of her hair off. And there she remained till her passing. What the so fuck? crazy, crazy story. What happened to the wife? I don't. Um, she owned the restaurant, so I don't think anything happened to her. I don't know. Dude. I couldn't find any information on her. I think she just kind of disappeared. Like, I mean, the... like, like no one paid attention to her. See, that irritates me that this lady was able to live just a full life and make mm-hmm. a bunch of money off of a book she wrote. About. Like, yep, that that is that's horrendous. Like that lady deserves, you know, the death penalty or something Yeah, or to be in prison for the rest of her life. So that's yeah, that's but... upsetting. There's loads of information out there if people are interested. But, and also, uh, why did she kill him? And then I'm so confused. Why she's would she crazy? Why would crazy, she crazy people don't think that way? She wants to be with him, so kill the <laughs> wife. Or if you're gonna kill him, then kill yourself so that you can quote unquote be together or whatever. That doesn't make any know. sense. This is the question for a crazy person. <laughs> but um I'm thinking her train of thought was probably she didn't want him to go back to his wife and she panicked, maybe. I don't know. I guess. I don't know, man. That's nuts. So, yep, that was uh, a story that I uncovered while searching for true crime in Japan. I was like, wow, this is actually pretty fascinating. (laughs) And there's loads of information out there. So, yep, I just took it down and thought I'd tell the story. That is so cool. And so she made a bunch of money off of a book and then just kind of like lived out the rest of her days, however she felt like doing. Fantastic. I, I don't know. If she, I don't know if she got the proceeds from the book. I have no idea. But um, there are books out there if you're interested. Jeez. That's depressing. <laughs> See, this is why I don't like this stuff. This makes me feel bad. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know. But that's very interesting. Well, Mitz is off trying to make technology work, I guess. I don't know what he's doing. But <laughs> Did we lose him? Did we lose Mitz? No, he's he's in the other room trying to figure out how to make Oh elect- the other room. Yeah. Oh, here he comes back. <laughs> so we didn't get to hear the end of the story. That's so sad. Yeah, Mitzi didn't hear the end of the story. Basically she became a fairy and flew away. Oh how interesting. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's a true story? Yes, the fairy part specifically. Wow. True story. (laughs) How could that be possible? How could someone become a fairy? You don't know, man. How do I do this? Crazy people. You got to first, you got to kill a guy and then cut off his balls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. The only way. (laughs) Okay, then. I knew it. I knew it all along. Okay. See, that's why people like true crime, because you're like telling a story. It's almost like you're listening to a Mm -hmm. horror story. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't like horror either. Oh. <laughs> what kind of stories do you like, Kazuo? I like happy stories. Okay. I like stories where everything works out in the end and everybody's happy. I like happy stories too. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's a if it's a story where like there's a killer or something, I like stories where they get theirs in the end. You know? I don't like stories when the killer sells gets you know, away with it. Gets gets a number one hit book, makes millions of dollars and then just retires. Like that sucks. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of unjustified, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm. I'm. I don't know if she made millions of dollars, so I'm just, you know, saying millions of yen, which is like six cents. <laughs> which is like yeah. six cents. Yeah, <laughs> it's about three fifty. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, well, what do you think? Whoa, my power is like flickering. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> I was True. like, did I just have a stroke, or did the, the power spirits flicker? are coming? True crime in my living room. It's the spirit of Abe. 
What do you think it is about the psychology of a person that makes them fascinated by something like this? You well, know, that makes them fascinated by pe- it. People are really interested in looking at like car crashes. There's mm-hmm. like, there's the faces of death videos that mm-hmm. show actual people dying. <clears throat> people love watching like fail videos of people get like hit by cars and shit. See, what's interesting I mean, is that people like to see that stuff, but then they don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? People like actively seek this shit out. Yeah, they'll seek it out, but then they'll like cover their eyes when they watch it, or be like, oh, "I can't watch that. I can't watch that." No, it's some kind. Of, it's why'd you look it up? It's the same reason why why people go to horror movies, and there's like those jump scare movies where yeah. they're always like waiting for the scare. Like you're in there, and you're clearly in agony while you watch this movie because you're just constantly on on the edge, on and you're constantly in, tensed mm-hmm. up. But people go to do that. They go to, they go to New York and they do haunted houses where they sign waivers mm-hmm. to be legit tortured. That's yeah. Like I'm gonna put li- like live spiders in your mouth and pour animal blood all over the, all over you and shit like well, that. That's a thing. That doesn't sound like fun to people me. People enjoy this stuff. So like, I wonder what it is about the psychology of a person that makes that drives them to seek those kinds of experiences. They don't have enough adversity in their life, and so they need ways to feel alive. Do you think that's it? I don't know. Possibly. Hmm. Don't know. See, horror movies. Uh, another issue I have is that like they don't really scare me. Because I'm always like trying to dissect what's happening, and so I'll be like, oh, "Okay, it's interesting how they shot this." Because you know, and like I'll I'll try to like break down the cinematography and the way it's written, and you know, all of that. Are you trying to like deflect it? I don't know if it's trying to deflect it. I mean, like you saw how I I was when we went to go see stand up, where I'm like, "Oh, did you notice like the pattern that they were doing?" And like, you know, I just dissect things when I watch them. So you have to ruin everything, don't you? It's not ruining it. It's just looking at it in a different way. See, I'm I'm looking at it less as like entertainment, like as far as the story is concerned and more of like, it's entertaining to me because of how it was created. Hmm. You know, that's interesting. By the way, do you know how to make this computer a soundboard? How to make the computer a soundboard? Well, you kept suggesting let's play the drops off the laptop. Yeah. Like we used to do it back in the day. Do we you just know how play to it do, through iTunes. Do you know how to do that? Cause I'm putting them in this folder. I could play them out of the folder. Yeah. And then you just double click whatever you want to play and it'll play. I meant like how to configure the wires and shit to get it to work. Oh, uh, try to play something and see what happens. I don't think it's going to work. There's no audio coming out of this laptop ever. Yeah, there is. Do you hear it? No, nothing's playing right now. Yes, it is. It's playing oh, yes. on the top. Hmm. It's been like this for weeks. Anyway. I'll have to look at it. Yeah. But there's definitely audio going out of the laptop. It's just a matter of where is it going to. Hmm. Anyway, so I do think it's cute, Mandy, that you and your mom have like this, this like great relationship where, you, where, you, where you're always... It always seems like you're enjoying things together, which I think is... Like, really nice to see, you know, because not everybody <laughs> has that kind of a relationship with their parents. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's nice. Even if it is sometimes stories of people being murdered. But that, but even that can be heartwarming. <laughs> I mean. When put the cause was like, oh. Especially if you cut their heart out and, like, cook it. Then it's very heartwarming. Oh, my goodness. All right. Anyway. So, we should probably wrap it up. All right. <laughs> anyway, guys. Uh. Thank you to Mandy for being interested in, in such a topic that we could probably not have otherwise. And thank you to the Otaku Cop for inspiring this topic and reminding Mandy of her love of true crime and that mm-hmm. we should do a topic on it. Yep. And thank you to all the serial killers oh, out there Jesus. that have been working for centuries to provide lovely content for everybody to enjoy and so that we could podcast about it. Yes, just remember, people, lock your doors, lock your windows, and trust no one. That's right. And of course... We can't forget the people listening. Thank you for listening and sticking with us to the end. And maybe you should go try true crime out and, and you no, might enjoy it. Oh, okay, okay. 
Try no, 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 no. I'm not saying go <laughs> cut someone's balls off and drink the drink their love juice out of it. Or okay, whatever. okay, okay. I'm saying try watching try a watching show it or reading a book about it. And I think that if you find a story that you like particularly, maybe you could tweet Mandy and and uh, tell her all about the thing that you enjoyed. There you go. So, all right, guys, we gotta wrap this up. We gotta fix this uh, technology before the main podcast starts. So, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. See you. Bye.